This is the Movie Press. It's January the 25th, 2019 on the show today. Oscar nominations, Fast, Furious and Female, Uncritch Leaves Pixar and Edgar Wright's Gonna Give You a Fright. Plus the week's big releases and more. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Meet the Movie Press. The Movie Press. It is January the 25th, 2019. My name is Simon Thompson. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time, hello. If this is your coming back, hello again. <laughs> uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at ShowbizSimon. There's also a Facebook page. This is Simon Thompson. And you can see my work uh, from sea to shining sea uh, on the <laughs> likes of Forbes, Reuters, E! News, various other places. Uh, no Scott this week. Scott is in Sundance. Uh, so, uh, see, he's not here because obviously he can't be in two places at once. But... Dimitri is here and Kit is back. Hi. Dimitri, for those that don't know you, who are you? Where can we find you, please? Uh, you can find me here at the awesome Meet the Movie Press on the Popcorn Talk Network and also on Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, which is above and beyond just the review show. We break the movie down to all of its parts and how it was made and what brought it to screen. And what are you covering this week? This week we will be covering Glass. Ah, Glass. Glass. <laughs> Lovely. I know you're a big fan of that movie. Kit, welcome back. <laughs> To meet the movie press. Hi. Where can we find you? Who are you, please? Thanks for having me again. A I pleasure. love it. I don't look like Scott, but uh, I can try my best Scott Menzel impression. He's squeezing his Menzel. Yeah, off. he is. Um, <laughs> I'm Kit Bowen. I'm uh, editor of Screen Picks, and you can follow me on Twitter at, at the movie Kit. And I'm also freelance for Fandango and others as well, but I'm happy to be here and talking Oscars. Nailing it. <laughs> and if you want to be part of the show, of course, if you're watching us live on YouTube, then you can do so in the chat. Uh, feel free to be part of the conversation. We really appreciate that. You might get a shout out on the show, but please be nice. Be nice. We're a friendly community. We can disagree, but keep it friendly. Uh, okay, uh, Oscar nominations happen this week. Holy what? shit! That well, was a long day for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was it, following you. There. Yeah, it's like, the busiest day of the year. As, as a producer, I was working with Reuters that day. Uh, it's just like absolutely. Uh, for everybody else watching, it's a couple of minutes. You get okay. the nominations. For me, it's hours and hours and hours of work. And after I finished there, I had to go home and I worked for other companies right up until wow. 11 o'clock when I did my final two-way with TV in Europe. So, so you did me so sleepy this week. 4 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's only, what, seven hours? Okay, thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, get, so, I was following you. And since you mentioned Forbes, yeah. I also... Uh, uh, because I retweeted it out too. You had mm -hmm. a nice piece in Forbes regarding Sundance history. Yes, so let's get back to that in the show later on. Let's talk about Oscar sure. nominations first of all. Uh, as usual, snubs, yeah. uh, surprises, uh, <laughs> think pieces. <laughs> uh, okay, rather than just sort of going over the uh, everything that we know already because of the nomination on Tuesday, uh, what was your takeaway point from this, positive or negative with the Oscars? A lot to talk about, everything from uh, representation of females all the way through to uh, no host and not even all the songs this year. Yeah, Kate I know. First. That was pretty... Uh... That's pretty... Well, you know what? To be honest with you, they're trying their best, right? They're trying to make that show yeah. something that's zingy, something that's, you know, not people easy. aren't going to... It's not, not easy. easy. So they're going to cut out some of the, you know, the smaller stuff mm. and only have two songs performed, which, you know, I don't know. We'll see how that works. And the no host thing, I'm not all that upset about that. No. I, I think they can pull it off, you know, just as long as there's no Snow White. <laughs> don't do Snow White. Um, but as far as the Oscar nominations, I was... Uh, 
I wasn't, um, you know, disappointed at all, mm. really. I mean, I think the exclusion of Won't You Be My Neighbor for, for a documentary was probably the a thing big that surprise. hit me the most. Big surprise. But at the same time, if you know about the Academy, they don't like the soft, fuzzy <laughs> documentaries. They like the very serious documentaries. So mm. I think that's probably why. No, but we need soft and fuzzy right now. We don't we need do. hard hitting. That's, why, it's, that's <laughs> why I'm really surprised it didn't get nominated yeah. at all. So I, well, I, mean, I, very, I mean, obviously, I, I grew up in the UK, um, and a lot of my uh, sort of pop culture references are all sort of not from the US, but even I knew about Mr. Rogers and that TV show. In fact, my wife, who has dual nationality, didn't know about him. Um, but I was very surprised that wasn't nominated, especially as it got so much critical acclaim from people in the industry, as well as outside the industry, right. many of whom I know are members of the Academy. Because I know them. So it, it, it did seem slightly strange to me. But you are right. I think we do need an element of warm and fuzzy this year, which sometimes gets translated as popular. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was a big financial success. But then we look at something like Best Picture. And I've got to be honest with you, I, I'm a little bit underwhelmed this year. I mean, there are people who disagree with me and say that last year was a particularly strong year for cinema. I think it was an OK year for cinema. There was lots of really good stuff, a lot of very bad stuff, and then a, lot, a real amount in that middle section yeah. rather than the spectacular. Are you talking 2018? 2018. Yeah. I 2018. I, I really felt 2018 was very good for entertainment last year. Entertainment, yeah. yes. Yeah. But necessarily but- making a film that is entertaining doesn't necessarily make it sort of, you know, Oscar-worthy. But it can be. But it can be. They're not mutually exclusive. And that, to me, is the biggest problem with the Academy, Mm. is that, you know, I I was personally, like, we had breakfast this morning, and we we had this conversation about Black Black Panther. Yeah, it's awesome. Right? Now, I just recently rewatched Black Panther, and I think for my second time, I appreciated it a little bit more. Movie has flaws, mm-hmm. but I was happy to see it up there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the reason why they went from what was it, five to ten, yeah. or was it always four? Five, no, it was five nominated. But certainly increased the number. Right? Yeah. They they doubled the number to include movies like mm. Black Panther, and we haven't really been seeing that. And I have no problem with it being nominated. Hell, I think it's good for business. Yeah. Um, for me, it was like there was all this big news about, oh, we, 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 we let in so many. We had inclusion this year. We let so many new people into the academy mm. this year. And it's still pretentious and dopey picks that well, we had. And I'm like, an it, that hasn't of, changed yeah. anything. But I think what, what's happened this year with Best Picture, obviously we knew the academy were looking at that best or the most popular movie, sort of popularity. Yes. Uh, contest uh, award um, and I think what they've done is this year they kind of smushed them together a bit and to me it doesn't sit quite right now I love Black Panther there are a number of movies nominated for best picture that I really <clears> enjoyed <throat> do I think it's best picture quality stuff no I don't and also something else we discussed at breakfast was to do with the the fact that if you have the best picture but you don't have the best director mm-hmm. there seems to be some and it does again they're not always the same thing but there does appear to be quite a lot of sort of disparity between the two. Going on to the representation point, because obviously it's a key issue in Hollywood. It continues to be. Mm-hmm. I think some people assume this year, when, when we're looking at representation across the categories, especially for women, um, I think with, with women, minorities and people of colour, uh, there was an, I think there seemed to be some sort of assumption that if you had more people from those groups on the academy, they are... What for whatever reason and without doubt, going to suddenly support people of colour and women and minorities when they make a film. Now, 
to me, if you do that, that that actually, while there are many, many people who are from those groups who absolutely should get more recognition and more work, yep. to do right. it for the sake of them purely being a minority, a person of colour or a woman, and I, I, as a white man in the industry, I wouldn't someone I wouldn't want someone to actively give me a job because I was a white man. Right. I want to have any job that I get because I am the best tool for that job. And people call me a tool quite a lot. <laughs> so, so I, I, you practice. know, you have to be that. But I think there was a natural assumption that because there was more representation, yes. which there should be, I absolutely support that. Yeah. People were going to wholeheartedly going, let's find the non-white directors. Right. Let's find. You, you have to have the best the best right. product otherwise it's tokenism right. and that doesn't help anyone's argument apart from the opposition where then you then have right. the argument that you do just get nominated or given a job because you are a woman a person of color i think we absolutely have to pick we have to put more people in that pool full stop to Agreed. be able to pick from that the best of that yeah. pool yeah absolutely i think we have to do that so i think some people kind of looked at it in a more basic kind of way. Yeah. But it's agreed. still a problem. It's still and, not and representation. Yeah. Agreed. And I'm glad you brought that up because it was a great conversation this morning. But going, you know, and going back to the Academy Awards, I was very pleasantly surprised to see that Adam Driver mm. got some love because yeah. it didn't seem like he was getting much love no. throughout all the... list, though. I've seen him on the list But lot. he wasn't getting stuff from, like, he, he deserved and it. And people who yeah. don't genuine, generally like Adam Driver and stuff was saying he was exceptional in Black Klansman. I'm going to back him for this one. And it was a great movie that, as a general, hasn't had a lot of love. Right. And and, uh, I'm glad to see that was nominated for Best Picture. It really, again, when you talk about... Back in theatres again, by the way, in case you want to catch it. True, and you should. Uh, But when you talk about entertainment Mm. and quality, I think Black Klansman checks off all the boxes. Uh, So that was a pleasant surprise for me. Um, And it was a... Big surprise to me that Bradley Cooper doesn't get Best Director. And the guy from Cold War does. Mm. And I'm like, hmm. That's what I don't get. Yeah. Like, you know, I I just, Bradley Cooper to me, going into A Star is Born, like with all the marketing and hoopla around it, I was afraid. Because everything was focused on Bradley Cooper, the actor, Mm -hmm. the director, blah, blah, blah. A lot was on his shoulders. And I'm like, wow. He's taking on a lot, and they're really throwing his name out there. And yeah. if this movie fails, it's on him. Right. The movie didn't fail, and I ended up enjoying it a hell of a lot more than I anticipated, particularly that first half. Yes. And he draws you in. Yeah. And he brought out an amazing performance from Lady Gaga and Sam Elliott and Andrew Dice Clay, mm. which nobody really talked about. I keep mentioning the yeah. fact that he was so... I didn't even know it was uh, him <laughs> right. until yeah. at the end. I was like, fuck, really? Yeah. <laughs> he seriously impressed me. Yeah. Really impressed no, he's me. he's done a couple of things that have been good, and actually. So but how do you seen not them? get nominated? Blue Jasmine. Oh. Yeah, he was good in Blue Jasmine. And I watched this, and I'm going, okay... That's a snub. Yeah. I, I don't get what Warner Brothers did. Yeah, this year to piss yeah. people I was, off. I was very surprised that he didn't because I thought he did a, a because a he got the DGA job. and you yeah. Know, I mean, I mean I'm very gonna... surprised. Well, maybe maybe that's part of the decision is because they don't because if he hadn't got the recognition and I, I I'm just this is purely conjecture. Um, they may be thinking because he has had love elsewhere. 
it takes some of the onus off them to nominate him. No. Because he's getting... And if he hadn't, then maybe they would have gone, oh, well, we think Bradley should get the recognition. Mm-hmm. We should. He should take one of those spots. I mean, it's... There's, and there's politics and there's all sorts of relationships with studios and stuff. So, you know, yeah. there's, there's lots of things. And, and that need be That's mentioned. That's just... Yeah. Because you bring up a good point. There is a lot of politics involved. Yeah. And there's a lot of... Uh, posturing going on. Mm. There's a fantastic article, I think it was in this uh, just yesterday or two days ago in Variety about about how much studios are spending. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's onwards and upwards to $20 million plus dollars yeah. to campaign for these things. I was very... Another another snub to me, Julia Roberts yeah. for Ben is yeah. Back. Or Lucas Hedges uh, for yeah. either one. Or Nicole Kidman. I mean, I can't believe she didn't get nominated for the three movies well, she that, did. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... God, that, huh? no. But there are, there are so many oh, four, right, four. Destroyer. There are so many movies, I think, that yeah. and I'm going to get someone in the chat on this in just a second. So many movies that I thought would have been on the list that simply weren't on the list. And a couple of surprises, even movies that I loved. Like, even though I, I really, really liked Bohemian Rhapsody, it was predominantly for Rami Malek. Yeah. And I remember when all of that stuff happened, so it has a personal connection to, connection to me. But I was surprised when that was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah. Because... Mm-hmm. I don't, as great as a movie as that is, just being a great movie to me doesn't mean you get an Oscar nomination. I mean, some of the best movies I saw last year haven't been mentioned by anyone, you know? Of course, Bohemian Rhapsody I mean, wasn't for, directed by anybody. Well, for, for <laughs> screenplay, I mean, um, there was a movie last year, and I've, I've mentioned this, Destination Wedding, mm-hmm. which was a movie with uh, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder right. in it. And that script was one of the best scripts I have seen enacted in years really so sharp so really really you know so cleverly written and it's like not only did nobody see it it's available (laughs) on the amazon prime at the moment yes it is um but it's just i mean that didn't get any love so it's like sometimes there are good movies that just simply don't they don't register, and I, right. you know. Uh, but people in the chat, Mark uh, Ballam is saying, uh, whatever was chosen, there would have been people who will say, insert film name here, got snubbed. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, happens every year. Yeah, happens every oh, year. Sure. I mean, it's not, it, it's it's going to be a representation of what is still a small group mm-hmm. of people uh, within the industry who come to it with their own likes, dislikes, yep. relationships, etc., etc. So it's never going to be a true representation of, of what. Right. Uh, it's not like an election. It's not. No. A, it's not a where everybody gets to to to, no. to you know choose and vote for these things. Uh, Zeno, I'm not going to say the Oscars are pointless and irrelevant today. I don't want to be a broken record that keeps saying the Oscars are pointless and irrelevant. I won't <laughs> say the Oscars are pointless and irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, to be honest with you, I don't. And we had a discussion about this um, over breakfast this morning, Dimitri and I. I don't think they're pointless and irrelevant, but I think what they're trying to do at the moment is, as a show, which we spoke about sort of earlier, I think they're trying, they're try- they know it's a bit broken and they need to fix it. Yeah, but trying. I think what they're doing, and I, I, the analogy that I came up for with Dimitri was, it's kind of like you've got a filthy apartment. So your bedroom's filthy, you can't get to the bed. Your, your lounge, you can't sit on the sofa, you can't see the TV, there's like shit everywhere. But then you clean your bathroom and you're like, <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> and I'm like, no, that what you've done is you've seen a part of the problem, not the b- biggest part of the right. problem, and you've gone, well, I've, I've tinkered with that. That's done. <laughs> it's like, that's not really what you needed to be looking at. And I think going back to the songs, I think, again, I said to Dimitri, I think not having all the songs, I understand the argument. I think it's a mistake because especially when you don't have a presenter, right. those are semicolons. Yes. They yeah. are coders in... 
the yeah. show. They're your bookmarks, your benchmarks, your partition moments. Those that's that's the frame yeah. that you hang everything around. Right. And what did I say? I said yeah. that the academy is broken. I mean, I really think that I they are severely broken. They need fixing. And I you, disagree. We, I don't think it's broken. Yeah. I think it's I fractured. Think it's fractured. Yeah. And we need sorry. That means on. broken. I mean, if fractured is broken, you when you fracture a limb, that's a broken limb. So it it, it they they need they need more purpose. They need to know what they're going for. And they also need to remember like that they have to champion movies and people seeing movies at the theater. Mm. But this Academy Award show this year, they weren't paying attention. Like It was almost like an afterthought with this whole host debacle thing that we're going in. Now we're going with no host. Look, I'm looking for this year to be a train wreck. That's why I'm tuning in. Mm. If I happen to be, if it happens to be a good show, I'll be surprised. If it's not, I'll, I'm gonna go. What did you well, expect? What you expect? Yeah. And and if they're trying to get ratings, which the ratings have been not great. Yeah. I think Jimmy Kimmel the past couple of years has has elevated the ratings or at least given it a bump, mm. and it has at least made them entertaining. And they've had the songs in there. Yeah. This year, I, I have no idea what they're going to well, do. The I don't know that, what I'm going to see. That's why I'm going to watch. Yeah, the thing is, is that it, it's, I guess it's becoming like a, you know, not a good thing to host the Oscars, too. I mean, I can't believe they just couldn't get anybody, you yeah. know? Um, well, I think this is part of the problem. I think now there's, the, for the past couple of years, for different reasons, there's been controversy and politics around it. Sure. And I think a lot of people are just like, what, if I do the Oscars, what am I going to get out of this apart from a shit ton of money? Which what they am I, don't what get. Am I gonna, which they don't get. What am I going to get? Right. It's like, yeah, it's kind it's of a, the, the, the prestige of doing it, is, it now? is sort of yeah. waned. Yeah. And, you know, basically yeah. all they have to do is give an opening monologue, and that's, you know, and that can be hit or miss. And then, then you, you know, drop your voice, and then they can just be on the sidelines. And, there were, and it's a lose-lose proposition. Yeah. Because of social media being what it is today, um, you know. Billy Crystal never had to deal That's with true. this. Bob Hope, Johnny Carson never had to deal with this. Yeah. People just like them as personalities, yeah. right. and they kept the show going. And I can easily, I, I believe Jimmy Kimmel did the same thing. Look, I, he doesn't, I don't work for Jimmy Kimmel. I'm just trying to use a recent example of somebody who kept the show going, yeah. even when there was controversy at the very end of the last yeah. one. Handled it well, we're off. But now, even the way that they do the nominations isn't even special anymore. It, I was watching. I got up early to watch. And I'm like, you know what? I could have gotten up at 630 and just have, <laughs> yep. have read about this because I didn't need. Like, yeah. This isn't entertaining. And it used to be on all of the major networks yeah. during the slotted time. And now it's one television network has it. They do it. It's these they two do it people. Streaming online, and it's, and yeah. it's just not. It's not even fun or exciting. Some people yeah. uh, in the chat. Let's look at what that what they're saying on this because obviously everybody has an opinion on Oscars. <laughs> um, Preach it to me. I didn't see the favorite or BR Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but out of the nominations, Black Panther is my favorite movie, followed by A Star Is Born and Black Klansman. This from Zeno Hour. I mean, they're they're all great movies. Um, yeah. And again, True. the favorite that. I mean, I personally, I really liked it. I didn't love it as much as some people did, um, but I, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. But most people who, who outside the the film bubble uh won't 
go to see the yeah. favourite. You know, they just simply won't. Um, uh, Wellington uh, Smithopolis, uh, the Oscars look super weak this year. Yeah, I mean, this is the third year that I'll be actually at the Oscars covering it. Um, wow, and awesome. I'm God, oh, thank you. Uh, and I'm. It's not that much. It's actually the least of the three years. <laughs> It's the one that I'm least excited. <coughs> Still looking forward to it, yeah. but it's the one that I'm least excited about. There's no like, you know, jostle for that top spot. It's kind of it's so open and so like okay, that I it's not it's not you know your moonlight and la la. la. I might it's actually your... just tune into the red carpet to see if we see. Something. Oh, you won't yeah. see this muggins on on screen. Are you going to be in the press room then? Is that? Uh, I'm, on, I'm on red carpet. Ah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Ricky saying uh, WYBMN uh, was the biggest snub. Uh, would you like to be my neighbour? Uh, my favourite surprise uh, is uh, Yalitza for lead actress. Uh, she's still my favourite performance overall the entire year. A lot of people saying very similar things. Samuel Nerd, this is Oscar's Best Picture of the Weakest in Years. Maybe Star is Born wins it or Green Book, but don't be surprised if Black Panther gets the gold. I honestly don't think Black Panther's going to no, win. I think no. it'll be Green Book or A Star is Born. Um, I think Best Director is going to go uh, to Huaron for Roma. I would be very surprised if Roma actually takes Best Picture. You would be. I, I, I would be surprised, I would be, actually. too. Yeah. I, I, I know would be... a lot of people would disagree with that. But I, I, don't, I don't think necessarily Best Picture of the Oscars, especially this year, is necessarily about being the best picture. Right. We've had a number of years, I mean, years and years and years over the Oscars where a movie that is popular or has some sort of support has won when actually a movie that is even more of a classic yeah. has, right. has, has faltered at that stage. Right. So I'm not entirely convinced that justice ever truly prevails in, in that thing. No, and, when, and looking over our, our topics for today, I did notice that Netflix was... There was something going on with Netflix that I'll go into... Deeper. So I'm not going to go to my Roma soapbox mm. again. Uh, Glamour is saying Destination Wedding was awful. Um, <laughs> it has lots of jibber-jabber. Yeah, the whole thing is jibber-jabber. It's like <laughs> movies like When Harry Met Sally. Right. It's Yeah, I mean, I, I know it won't be to everybody's taste, and I'm glad it isn't, because if we all like the same things, it would be really fucking boring. Yeah. Um, Give them points for using jibber-jabber. The jibber-jabber, great use there. Uh, went back to the 1950s for that one, which is also... Uh, I've used it previously, and people look at me like I'm like I the like oldest it. man on Earth. I like it too. I'm going to uh, use it. Uh, Zeno Hour saying Black Panther <laughs> should have gotten a nom for adapted screenplay. Uh, Mark saying uh, sometimes you have to do a... For- you. Uh, you have to force diversity to get the monolith moving. I, I don't. Th- <sighs> I mean, you can. It can get the monolith moving, but yes. And I think we've already been past that stage. Mm. I think so. I too. think we're past that stage. But also, if it continues to be forced, it, you feel the mo- it. You feel it, and the, and you get more resistance, and the monolith moves <clears> in the <throat> wrong direction. Agreed. And in fact, long term, can actually do more more harm than than good. So. I absolutely support more representation of my mm-hmm. more diversity, mm-hmm. unquestionably. But I don't think it should be above well, anything else. I'm a little encouraged this year for the foreign film situation. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, the guy from Cold War getting nominated for yep. director, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, he came out of nowhere, and now I have to watch this movie. So, And I've heard it's really good. Shoplifters from Japan was also very, cool. very good. But Roma getting all of this uh, all of this love that it's getting, I think it's it's kind of encouraging. I mean, you know, being that it is a foreign film. I, not not to say anything against Netflix or anything like that. I, I loved Roma. I mm. did. I loved the movie. And um, I'm happy that it's getting all of the, all the recognition I think it should. So, um, and spent, talk about spending money. How, on how many locations is that movie released on? 
What? How many? How many locations? Thousands of televisions. Se- yeah. Many, many, many televisions. televisions. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I got to see it in the theater, so Which I cool. just say it was great in the theater. Uh, and uh, just before we get off this subject, uh, is my mic okay? I seem to be a little bit. I think I you can be fine. Okay, right fine. Next to us. Uh, yeah, um, uh, Mark. Uh, the final word on this is going to go to Mark, who says um, art is subjective. You know. And it is. I've it always is. said that. Um, absolutely. Just like, my opinion. What, yeah, Just my opinion. Absolutely. And everybody should have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. It's active. I actively encourage that. Mm-hmm. Um, be able to support it. We don't have to agree, but it is absolutely subjective. And someone, uh, one of our, our, our listeners actually uh, met, engaged with me on Twitter, which I really appreciated this week, um, on about hoping that uh, it's not political this year. Mm-hmm. And I did point out that, I mean, I, 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 I don't doubt there will be some politics in there somewhere. Somewhere. But but a lot of art is political, and a lot of the mm-hmm. movies that we that we see and we engage in, they come from a political place. Yeah, from Black Klansman, from Black, I mean, Klansman all... Black Panther. Yep. A lot of you know that came out of a of a situation mm-hmm. um, and a and a topic and a platform. Um, with so many of these movies, they they I mean Roma. These all come from mm-hmm. something that is not necessarily either side of the aisle political, but socio-political. Mm-hmm. There is some sort of connection to that. So I Agreed. think it's it's unavoidable, and I, I don't think it's ever going to go away. Yeah. And when people say, oh, actors should just act, I mean, yeah, but also they, they have, it's part of their privilege, and it is a privilege, um, to be able to give a voice to those or amplify the voices of those who can't be heard loud enough. Right. And I pretty much guarantee that if it was your cause, whatever that cause is, you wanted more people to hear about it, anybody would appreciate that platform. And it's the best way to raise some really important issues. It can seem preachy. I think there are ways to do it and ways to not do it. But I think it's an invaluable platform that I don't... And whatever they say, whether I agree with it or not, I I think it's actually... They, they have that platform and right. they are entitled to use it in that way. Right. So I don't think we'll see politics free this year. No. I think there'll be slightly less because there's not there's not an a, an issue that is Unless to the, the forefront. Is still they're on, shut down. Well, they're on go. I mean, you know, <laughs> that might be a possibility. I don't think it'll happen, but it's a possibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just think that you know there will be something connected, and I think it's unavoidable. I think so too. I think Especially, it's unavoidable. I agree with you a hundred percent. But I also think that because of um, the politics of it all, uh, that's why we've gotten some of the movies that we've gotten outside of Black Klansman and Black Panther. Mm -hmm. There have been some – and this is why I really thought that 2018 was an extremely entertaining year at movies. It's what audiences – Need, mm-hmm. you know, we talked about best documentary not having. Won't you be my neighbor there? Maybe because the Academy thought it was too warm and fuzzy. Well, that would be a shame on them if that was a reason, because we do kind of need that right now. Mm-hmm. And to keep people going to the movies, they need to escape. Movies first and foremost are an amazing escape mm-hmm. that you don't. Not every movie you need to take medicine for, or, or it should feel that way. Mm-hmm. But great movies like a Black Klansman can entertain and give you medicine at the same time. Yeah. Where a movie like a Ready Player One is just there for the pop culture whiz bang of yeah. it all, Completely. and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, period, I so. think art would be would, and I include cinema in this. Mm. I think art would be less interesting if there wasn't a some sort of political statement. So no. whether you look at it from Star Wars to fucking Pretty Woman. Sure. Through to Roma and 
the colour purple. Right. There's some politics in all of these things. And to ignore it is to do yourself and the art a complete injustice. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Let's move on! Art owes me money. Because, oh, well. <laughs> uh, fast, and, fast and Furious <laughs> spin-off hitting the road with three writers. Women drivers. Um, women in movies. A uh, little bit of outrage uh, this week. Women. A uh, little bit of outrage at this uh, this Damn week from women. people. Oh, oh. <laughs> So, yeah, so fast. I mean, we knew this movie was happening. I mean, it's something I've been talking to God, every single time when I'm producing for the likes of, of E! News, whenever I'm on a red carpet and someone linked to the films is, is, is there, and we always talk about it, and I've spoken to Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster about this several times. It's happening. We've got three writers for this. Um, three writers is a little, make me, makes me a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, well it just it's not, it's, yeah, I mean, I don't know, really. I kind of spreads, spreads yeah. the... The thing, but I—I I mean, I'm—I quite look forward to seeing this. I like the idea of Fast and Furious continuing with these spin-off movies, like every other year, no. you know, every uh-huh. second year, have a new movie. You know, one is a spin-off and one is a one is a fast entry. You know, and I think it's it's you know we got uh, Hobbs, Hobbs and yeah. Shaw. That's, that's coming this, up. That's this. Oh man! Yeah, yeah. Oh man! Oh man! And then we've got Fast and Furious, which is all together. Jason Statham. He short. is, but he's a manly man. He is. He is. Yeah. He's my, he my is. brother. Yeah, he's your brother. He Jason knows you. Statham. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I am too. I, I, yeah. And I, I think I, audiences. I, are. I love the Fast and Furious franchise. Yeah, love them. I don't know if I say I love it, but I, you know, all I enjoy it. It's entertaining. I love chases. Like. Who cares? Just make a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And there you go. You can always not see it. You can always not see it. I mean, you know, the movie hasn't even been made yet. So just shut up. Like, who cares? It's the same thing that happened with that Ghostbusters. Mm. Yeah, I know. To me, it didn't turn out all that great, but I was all for it beforehand. It's not a good movie. But in any case, but Fast and the Furious (laughs) with women, I, I think. Why? Why not? Women have been at the heart of the Fast and Furious movies for a long time. Whether they're villains or the the wives and sisters, etc., etc., of the men. People seem to forget that it's the inclusivity that has made Fast and the Furious an international hit. Yes, Mm -hmm. huge internationally because of its inclusivity. And you're getting women not just because of the hunky man, because there is a tie-in to some, you know, Gail Godot started off on Fast and the Furious. Yep. So... I see no reason. Gal Gadot. Gadot. That's how you say her name. Gadot. I've heard it. I've heard it. So I have no. I have no problem with an all-female Fast and Furious. They can drive. I'm all for it. I mean, I don't. I I I enjoy the series, but uh, you know, I'm not a scholar on all things Fast (laughs) and Furious. Have we seen at any point in these movies when there have been rival gangs, and whether it's sort of on on in the early movies where it was uh, where they were doing um, the challenges with the cars? Have we seen an all-female? Squad, yet squad, family collective, like, where it was you know obviously them, like them racing yeah against, them racing against the no, guys. We not an all we? female crew. No, no. no. Um, but women have there were women in it. Michelle Rodriguez right. really oh, yeah. kind of was the the sure. And when, of all and when that. she dis- when she disappeared mm. and then she rejoined the franchise, mm. people were genuinely really excited. So Absolutely. men and women yeah. for this franchise. So I, I, I personally I think it's great because these female characters that have been in Fast and Furious. They're good characters. Yeah. Yes. And they're given something to do. Yeah. And, they're and given and they have something to and say. And they've been given right. something to do in the movies as well. Yeah. And they've been given audiences outside of Vin Diesel and The Rock. Mm-hmm. 
you can cheer for them as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, know? yeah. So it's it, Fast and the Furious, whether you've liked the movies or some movies are better than others, they have spread the wealth yes. amongst the cast. Yes. Uh, and Pete, it's, and it's you know, completely open, too. Like, absolutely. let's just add some more women, too. Sure. Like, let's find some other ones who absolutely. can drive fast. Absolutely. People in the chat I'll getting on this a lot. Uh, BlackRock316, uh, I love the Fast and Furious franchise, but man, uh, I'm not sure about this, which joint titles are not be sure about it. Um, the Ocean's 8 cast was interesting and diverse, uh, in age especially. Yep. Uh, Ocean's 8 sucked. I wasn't a fan right, of the movie, but I think sucked. the casting was interesting. Yes. Uh, same with Ghostbusters. Charlize Theron sucked John Harrison as the bad guy. I didn't think she was the best bad guy, but, you know, it's, like it's fine. Her. She was okay. She was Just be, being a woman in a movie doesn't mean that you have to be good. Do you know what I mean? There's not like, <laughs> uh, you can only be in this situation. I mean, obviously, you all aim to be good. Nobody aims to be in a movie to go, well, I'm going to be shit in this one. Yeah. This is the one I'm going to be shit in. Sometimes you're not cast right. I don't think that's entirely her fault. You know what? Villains but... are always, you know, it's, it's. I think one of the best villains that I can think of right now that's that was so great was Than- Thanos because yeah. you, there was this pathos to him. And I think that's always sort of the way a, a, ba- yeah. a good bad villain is. You know? Good question here. Uh, John Harrison, and I, I, I can't understand what he's saying. I don't, I don't know exactly what sort of the validity of the point. Uh, question, why are women always bundled with minorities? I don't think women are bundled <laughs> with minorities. It's just there's men and then, right. and then there's everybody else. <laughs> so I think... <laughs> It's not necessarily it's not necessarily bundling them together because you can be you can be a woman and a minority. Right. You can be a minority and not a woman. There are lots of (laughs) this is a Venn diagram. It's not a case of going, well, ladies, you can be with the non-white people. It's like they're all they're all groups individually that are underrepresented. So when we talk about representation, we're not bundling women and minorities together. It's a case of. Actually, they they are one of the groups mm-hmm. who are underrepresented. Right. So it's not bundling them together. Right. It's not like a buy one get one free <laughs> on representation. It's like there's men who we are, right. whether we like it or not, we are the 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 a lot of the most powerful people in the industry. There's more of us in the industry than these other groups, right. and that's why we sometimes refer to them in that same way. Uh, a lot of people are asking. <laughs> Thank you for that. It's just Simon. fine. So, I, I understand the question, but it, I just want to be clear: we're not bundling them all together. Um, but they it, like to bundle when they shop things. Well, uh, uh, Anthony, <laughs> oh, we do uh, like to cuddle. Anthony, so that, yeah, I like to cuddle. Yeah. I like to cuddle. I like to cuddle consensually. Yeah. I don't just do it randomly. <laughs> like start spooning people like in the grocery store. Corner in the market. Tackle cuddles. <laughs> Uh, Anthony Mazzono asking in the chat uh, Popcorn Talk uh, Well, what is your dream cast for an all-female Fast and Furious movie? Now, I I tend to steer away from these what would your fancy cast things be because they're kind of like it doesn't matter but is there anybody that you would like to see um, driving perhaps driving or or, or supporting in some way uh, in this cast? Well, here's the interesting. I actually liked Widows, which got absolutely no. Yeah, another one in the Oscars that I think yeah. people were expecting to be there, uh-huh. but wasn't. And oh. I kind of liked the idea of it. You know, um, the, the women sort of having to to band together to to you know pull off this heist. Um, so for me, I think Elizabeth Debicki would be a great. Mm-hmm. She might be a good. Edition. And you need some of the original cast, though, Oh, of right? course, Michelle I mean, and Michelle, everybody. Jordan, they all Booster. have to be there, yeah. There's another, um, I forget who, uh, another model. Who was the one in the last, she's been in the last couple. Oh, the um, the one who was the, the tech, computer yeah, guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. her. I can't she, remember She would be good, too. So, yeah. I don't know, what do you need, another three or four? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't, again, I'm with you on this. It's... The, 
let's just say this. There is no shortage of fantastic women out there that would fill the role perfectly, that could handle the action. There is a great plethora of them. And I would also say, don't necessarily star cast. Go with somebody who is a little slightly lesser known. Yeah. Give that person Donnie a left of center casting as yeah. well. Yeah, be a, yeah. Because be I mean, to be honest, Michelle. Well, they did that in the, with the original movie. Yeah, Michelle Absolutely. Rodriguez was. You know, she she was Michelle Rodriguez, Vin Diesel, Paul yep. Walker. They were all kind limited of... awareness. Yeah, you know, at that time. heritage, limited awareness at the time. Xeno mm-hmm. uh, saying, "I'm fine with an all female, uh, all female Fast and Furious spinoff. Uh, they're building a cinematic universe after all. Yeah, absolutely. But do you know what? It's not about us being okay with it." Hollywood doesn't really care if we're okay with these movies because they're going to make them. Yeah. Sure. So you don't, you just don't, if you really don't want to take I, part in it, don't go to the don't movies. Go see and it. See I it. just say make it good. I don't yeah, care. Just who write it. a good script. Just make it good. That's what we always say about every. Just just write a good script. Yeah. Make it good. <laughs> it's really it's not rocket science, people. Some other some other questions here. I guess actually it's Fast and Furious rocket science. Uh, <laughs> John Harrison saying uh, John notices it more um, because I'm a minority. Uh, he he, not me. Um, obviously, being a white man in Hollywood, I'm, there's plenty of me. Um, and Mark Ballam uh, saying any black, white, Asian, Australian, etc. Can be no, absolutely. It doesn't. Yeah, you don't this this minority thing, and also there are more non-white people on the planet than white people. Yeah, there are, but we're not talking about the planet as a whole. <laughs> you know, we're not saying, well, you know, there are X number of these people, and that's so that this is about representation within situations, individual situations, individual cases. Hollywood being one of those environments yes, where sure. there isn't representation. That's I, I, you know, I'm, I'm aware that on the planet there are you know, certain amounts of certain people. Yeah. But that's not what we're dealing with here. We're just talking about Hollywood. We're just mm-hmm. talking about Hollywood and, and you know, and, and other situations where, you know, minorities in, when they are a minority, and so obviously, if I went to Saudi Arabia, looking like this, I would be a minority. <laughs> yep. If If a Saudi comes here, they will be in a minority because of the way that they are, what they are. So it's it's all context. It's not a... Right. A planet holistic math Agreed. problem. And at um, some point in time, we're all going to look the same. <laughs> well, we'll all be dead. Oh, I feel sorry if anybody looks like me. Uh, Ed, Ed, I, I okay. Oh, Moving on to the next yeah. topic. Edgar Wright's next film is a horror thriller inspi- inspired by Don't Look Now and Repulsion. Also, oh. Baby Driver True, the first script is in, which is great news. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about this. I've been waiting for, for Edgar Wright to do something... Darker. Like this for a long time, darker. And Baby Driver took us a little bit more towards that serious mm-hmm. side of Edgar, yep. where he's previously really sort of shone in comedy. Really excited about this. And I'm hoping a little bit of the Jordan Peele magic kind of thing, where it's this this stuff that we knew was in there or hoped was in there, right. this darkness that really gets to come to the front. Super excited about this also because I love both of those movies. Yes. So th- when I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think uh, he's a he's a fabulous director. I, yeah. he has a sensibility that uh, you know that's unique, and I he brings it to to everything that he does. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it too. Baby Driver, I loved. Mm. Yeah, I, I was a big it. fan. I was a huge fan of Baby Driver, uh, but I, I think this is a great uh, this is a great offshoot for him to do. We know that he has a love of horror for when you see Shaun of the Dead, mm. right? Right. So he has a love and an appreciation. 
You mentioned Jordan Peele. I would say similar yeah. to Jordan yes. Peele. Nobody saw that coming. No. Nobody saw no. that brilliant darkness coming. No. And Jordan Peele, though, admits he's a fan of horror. Uh, we can surmise that Edgar Wright is too, and I think he'll do it right, and I think it'll be a fun movie to yeah. watch. And it's going to be set in Soho in London. Yeah. Area of Soho. Right. And I think there are a number of amazing horror movies that have been set in London over the years. Everything from uh, an American werewolf in London yeah. through to, I mean, there's a movie called Creep by Chris Smith, which was right. really interesting. There was another one, uh, Death Line, which is about cannibals living uh, in the uh, London underground. Um, you know, really, Chug. really, yeah. really great movies. So I think this is a really interesting. And Soho, as much as it is about now sort of uh, fun and and you know sort of you know the the, the glamour and stuff. Mm-hmm. There has always been a really really dark seedy part of Soho. It was the area where you used to have all the sex cinemas, where it was big for prostitution. Uh, all the the strip clubs mm-hmm. and stuff were it's all like there. Hollywood Boulevard. It was like kind of Times Square used to be in New York in the nineteen seventies. Great example of that, by the way, is um, I don't know if anyone's got the Frankenhooker uh, oh, yeah. Blu-ray at home. <laughs> I don't um, have there the is, Blu-ray, but it, I know it, the got, movie. it got re-released a couple of years ago, and there's a brilliant. Um, a feature on there where the director goes back to Times Square and sort of says, oh, this now is all, you know, disney but this used to be like a sex cinema and yeah. this was like, you know, Dildos Are Us or whatever. And it was kind of like there was this this seediness, this dark, this grittiness that I think if, if where Edgar's setting that and again juxtering it with horror, I think to me, I mean, I, I genuinely am very excited yeah. about this project. Yeah, I, me too. I'm usually excited with most anything that yeah. he gets attached to. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think he's got great... Someone made a comment, and this is going back to something we talked about earlier, but um, I just want to reflect on this, and this is uh, is kind of relevant to this. It's about the fact that um, with Fast and Furious being doing the female Fast and Furious, the overriding thing is that it, they, people just want it to be a good movie. Yeah, it has to be... I don't, I don't pick a movie based on who is in it and what they are, mm. whether they're women, men, gay black, Hispanic. I pick a movie because I want to see the movie. I don't not see movies. Well, that's 60% women. So right. I'm not all white, yeah. so I'm not I, going to see it. I have a feeling that most movie most goes, movies are, don't are like, yeah. they want to see a movie because yeah. they want to see the movie. Yeah, or they saw the trailer and they, they looked good. They generally like, don't care who, <clears throat> what the sex of the cast is. And most characters in movies, it's kind of inconsequential what their sex is outside of the lead roles. Yeah. And even sometimes then, that doesn't really matter. You could have a man or a woman playing it. It doesn't matter. Uh, or someone who's not white or whatever. So I, don't, I just don't, I don't think generally most people will actively see or not see a movie. They might be more inclined to see it because they feel represented. Mm-hmm. But I think they wouldn't go, I'm not going to see that movie. It's got a lot of black people in it. Right. Now, I just don't it, think mo- most people don't think that way. Again, so long as the movie is good or even very good yeah. and or excellent i'm gonna go back to a league of their own movies can be good or terrible right no matter who's in them irrespective of who, right. who it, could is be, it. it could be an all-woman cast yeah, and it yeah. could suck i've seen many a movie with an all-male cast mm-hmm. that have made me angry right yeah so but was there one I, recently yeah okay you're gonna be talking about it on uh a Nativa movie this week. Get, yeah, gonna okay. get deep, dig yeah. Deep. we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna <laughs> dig deep uh get your windex out anyways oh. so no streaks on glass. Anyways, so, but I was just going back to A League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. When you look at that cast, right? Yeah. So Gina Davis was your main star. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, yeah, Madonna. Madonna, but but people went to that movie 
because it had something to say and it was a great movie. Yeah. People went to go see Thelma and Louise because of the characters and there were great great characters. It was a very good movie. Mm. It didn't matter that they were women. Like that wasn't that wasn't the mindset. Oh, I'm going to go see this movie because it's got women in it. Yeah. It I'm going to go see Thelma and Louise cuz I hear it's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> 100%. And some amazing movies, you know, right. are, are yeah, have, can be, you know, predominantly it, women. And it's like, but they're not good because they're predominantly women. They're right. good because they're a good movie. Yeah. A good Ultimately, movie. whoever's in it, you can make a good movie or a shit movie. Yeah. And if you're in it, you know whether it's good or shit. Yep. Look you know. The likes so, of Sigourney Weaver, yeah. who got nominated mm-hmm. for being what's essentially a, a, a horror action movie mm-hmm. in Aliens. Yeah. She was nominated yeah. for yeah. Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go see it because our lead, the lead is a woman, but it's a good freaking movie. Uh, but if, so, if if you if you don't go to see something because of someone who's in not it's like it's right. an actor you don't like, but because right. they're gay, but black, there are actors who I don't. Woman. You know, there yeah, are actors I don't like. But that's because you don't like, like the actor. Like, but you don't go, well, I don't like them because right. they're. You, you don't like them because you don't like their acting. Right. You don't not like them because of their, their, color, of their or color or their, or their orientation yeah. or whatever. Uh, just going back to this Zeno <laughs> hour saying, going back to Edgar Wright, uh, will this be a straight horror or a horror comedy? Don't know hmm. is the answer. Edgar, Edgar I hasn't said. I know. I, I read that it's going to be. It's more straight. It's, it's more definitely. straight. Yeah, I heard Psychological it was, thriller. Okay. Yeah. I would not be surprised if, if, oh, if indeed it is. In yeah, there, it'll yeah. have some elements of dark humor, but it's not going to be like a ho, ho, ho. Because Edgar Wright's past filmography and style is saying, don't look now and repulsion as influences is throwing me off I just think it's going to be dark I think it's going to be more straight but I think Edgar you know he has this amazing skill of you know even in serious moments there can be moments of, of levity sure. and like you I say it doesn't to. have to be a chuckle fest no. but I think it's you know I think there will be this that's kind of what he does but also I would be interested to see what he does without any of that mm-hmm. yeah. you know I really would Baby Drive was a really good example of that but even that at times had moments yeah, where you, you were laughing not levity. because it was funny but because it you know tickled okay let's move on uh, Spider-Man Far From Home which we didn't mentioned on the show last week. The trailer dropped last week. Uh, That trailer has broken Sony's record for the most YouTube views in 24 hours. Wow. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, But... Out it's of good that, for Sony. It's great for Sony, yeah. but it, it uh, didn't appear. It, it got a lot of buzz when it came out, right. but then that buzz appeared to, for me to quite to die quite quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was another trailer that came out. Was it John Wick came out and yes. stole its thunder right. pretty quickly? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting. I mean. It's also interesting to see where people are getting their, where they're still getting their content from. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, absolutely. So they're going straight to a YouTube or straight to whatever. Well, that's what you see at first, but but come on, to to, to the panel here and to the audience, right? When yeah. you see that trailer for Spider Man, right, and you see it on YouTube, you go, "Oh wow, this looks really good." When you see that trailer on a big screen. Yeah, that's true. It's a much different experience. I know. I mean, it's. I mean, the the, the trailer on the big screen looks really good. Mm. Um, that used to be my most favorite part of going to a movie was mm. was to get there. Oh and make God, sure yeah, miss the trailer, yeah, so. yeah. And even uh, Captain Marvel, which we talked about yeah, too, that trailer on the big screen, it just stunning, looks, isn't it? It really is. I. That's yeah. I would so happy birth, happy death day to oh, you. That looks is great. my too fun. my my upcoming. Must see 
but in the near future, mm. Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. super psyched about oh. that. Did you? I mean, did you like the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer? I'll be yeah, honest I with mean, you, I I liked it. I didn't. It didn't like go. Didn't, oh my god! Didn't give me like goosebumps. Not like that Thor trailer with the Led Zeppelin song. For some reason, oh, I still oh, remember Ragnarok. that one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, god, yeah. Which which one was that for? Was that, that was Ragnarok. Ragnarok? Ragnarok. Yeah. 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 That the, the, it was. <laughs> it was done really well. <laughs> uh, I liked the trailer, except I thought he died. Well, and then and then you bring back Nick Fury. No, this is what's Nick bothering Fury me a little bit dead too. Because like I heard that this is, this takes place. The oh. Spider-Man movie takes place like minutes after the end of Endgame. I mm. guess is what I've heard. So I don't know exactly what that means. I don't know. I, I to be honest with you, my most anticipated movie this this year is Endgame. I have never been more excited for a Marvel movie than this one. Really? Because I want to know what happens. I want to know how they're going to do this, and I certainly, I certainly hope that they do it correctly. <laughs> and, uh, the, the reset button has to be hit really well. I think that's part of the reason why we're getting Captain Marvel in March. Yeah. yeah. Right? Because she's going to be that a character key is going to be yeah. a key part. But again, it was one of my biggest issues with Infinity War mm. is that people were getting so emotional over these deaths, yes. especially Spider-Man. People were yes. saying, I was crying when he died. I go, so but he didn't die. Like, it was such overkill and now we're seeing trailers. I know. Yeah, he's not that's dead. What, I know. It's like, it was it was a really false emotion because we know it didn't happen. Yeah. Now they've already. I mean, shown there's it. all these theories like you know, there's it's an alter. They're in an alternate universe, yeah. or they're this, that, or they're that. We'll see. I see that's. I thing. am looking forward to Endgame I as am. well. I am, but um, I'm a big Marvel fan. <laughs> Mention this: that I'm I'm super psyched for the movie. I mean, I, I wasn't the world's biggest fan of, of Infinity War. Oh, I loved um, it. I, I mean, I, I there were lots of things I really liked about it, and mm. I came out pretty jazzed. And I also felt a little bit I didn't like the ending. Um, there were a lot of things. I think there were t- t- too many characters and t- too many underserved, unfortunately. Um, but I am really looking forward to Endgame mm-hmm. also. Uh, another big story this week. Uh, let's talk about this before we do some very brief news and then we'll talk about the week's releases. Uh, Coco and Toy Story 3 director Lee Unkrich leaving Pixar after 25 years. This is a story that broke early this week. He, uh, he posted it on Twitter, posted a very nice note, actually. Yes. Um, he was something of a of a jewel in the crown um, mm-hmm. for, for Pixar and was seeing a really interesting shift at Pixar, where some people, the old guard, who've been very reliable, it's not like they've been put out to pasture. Um, for various reasons, we're seeing a lot of those those names that have been associated with the studio for decades now moving on mm-hmm. to other projects, whether voluntary or involuntary, lots of different things. Um, the new guard, we're not really hearing a huge amount about. No. And That's do true. you think that this is going to be... A, a, a rebirth for Pixar? I mean, not that it's died in any way, but it's going to give it like an extra bit of juice? Or what do you think? Or are we, are we at risk of... If they've been fostering talent effectively, mm-hmm. there won't be a problem. There's not a lot of places for them to poach from, specifically domestically, mm-hmm. with big names and, and people with a lot of heritage. So Agreed. what does this mean for the future of Pixar? And, and how deeply do you think is his involvement going to be missed? I don't know. I mean, look, I think I think animation is just it's booming. It's a booming industry as far as, you know, the talent and everything. And I'm mm. sure that they've called together some great new talent yeah. to come in and do that. And clearly, you know, the movies are still top notch. They, they do have a habit for fostering people in the back room for years and years and yeah. years. And their names never generally make it to the front line. Right. Mm. But yeah, so carry on. I mean, as clearly, they, everything has to move up and or, you know, forward, right? I mean, so the yeah. lead. You can't stay there forever. Exactly. 
And then, and you know, and then this whole John Lasseter thing, I think, threw, threw yep. the company for a loop. Um, sure. And, uh, you know, I think that they're probably reassessing and seeing how they can, you know, mm. um, continue and, and <clears throat> do what they're, continue, you know, the quality that they continue doing. So yeah. I, I, I think that, I think it's it's only going to get better for them. So Yeah, and, and Simon, you hit the nail on the head of them fostering people up from within, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So when Pixar first hits the scene with Toy Story, we didn't know any of these people. Right. Even with with with, with Bugs Life and Toy Story Two, mm-hmm. we're still getting to know these people. It was only as they built more and more movies that we started to hear as moviegoers, as movie fans, yeah. these names became something to us. Right. And when they were attached to a project, I was like, Oh, okay, that's great. And of course they did this, right? But you're right. I think there is going to be some semblance. There's going to be a shift. I think the new the the, the new Pixar generation is going to be upcoming. Uh, you know, lots have been lots is happening. Pixar, right? So you, you talked about John Lasseter, him leaving um, this week. It most likely is going to be the first year in which a Pixar movie does not win Best Animated Movie, mm-hmm. yeah. which, you know... Which, they, until they, Spider-Man, I think Incredibles 2 had oh, it yeah. in the bag. Oh, yeah. I'll the be bag. honest with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I think so. Spider-Verse is totally and, going. And, you know, they, they've run the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They've had a great run. You can't look, you know... I, I will despise the stories that go, is Pixar over? They didn't get Best Picture. And of course they're not it's over. It's not over. No. They're going to continue to do what they're doing. They will do it to the best of their capability because mm. they do focus on story. Mm. And when they have a mistake, this is what I love about Pixar. When they make a mistake, they learn from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't just hide that baby in the closet. They end up rewatching it and go, where did we go wrong? <clears throat> they figure that out. So when they make another movie, they don't do it again. Yeah. And they're also, I mean, they're also, they're, they're not averse from, uh, you know, owning up to mistakes they've made, like movies that they thought actually were going to be a straight-to-DVD to kind of thing. I think Toy Story 2 was going to be a straight-to-home entertainment sequel, then they decided to put it in movie theatres. Right. It's a classic. <laughs> but do you also think that with this, with this changing of the guard, which we're seeing sort of more and more, it's going to be like a bookend to some of the series rather than handing them over to new people to take on. It's going to be a bookend for end of some of these franchises and yeah. movies that we're seeing. Yeah. And it's actually going to... I mean, they did an amazing job with Coco, which was a, which is a brilliantly original oh. idea. And they're going to say, OK, Beautiful. we need to find the films that with the new guard who are going to take this through and own this are going to have these projects for the next 20 years. We're going to do three of what will be the new Toy Story right, or right. whatever. Do you think we're going to see a little bit of it? Is this, do you think, I mean, a lot of this is conjecture because we don't know. Is that a path for them forward? I would hope oh, yeah. so. Yeah. Absolutely. I, that's my hope. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but, you know, again, they have been the king for so long yeah. um, that, you know, and, and other studios have, have you know, try, have done well, like yeah. Sony and whatnot. I mean, they, they absolutely have their, their own talent, but... Yeah, I still I still think Pixar is still on the top. Absolutely, it's, it's always the bar that 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 needs to that people need to raise. To, and I so. think it'll continue to do so. I think we'll you look. We're talking as if Pixar doesn't have a cachet of stories that they've been cultivating for years that we have no idea. I, about. Exactly, right. no idea. Exactly, <laughs> my last point. ones right. to know. When is right. Toy Story Four supposed to come out? Uh, so it's, 2019, 2020. Yeah, 2019. Yeah. Oh, I this thought, year? I think it's I this thought, year. I thought. I thought. Okay. I don't so. know. Let me just check. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I mean, they, they, they do keep things close to the vest, yeah. those
which is, is good. so good. I mean, we we said this the other week with the with the Ghostbusters thing. Um, uh, it's like you know, I actually like the fact. I mean, we're in, we're in this day and age where we have so many movies that are we know so much about mm-hmm. when you know we're like a year in advance and constantly drip drip drip, and then we had no idea. This new Ghostbusters movie was happening. And then a teaser trailer popped. And I was like, this is awesome. Uh, yeah, Toy Story 4 is going to be uh, June 21st. So ah, that is this year. There we go. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, okay, a couple of other stories I want to touch on before we uh, we round out the show with a look at this week's releases. Uh, I say big releases. Um, it's not. It's not a... This is not a jewel in the crown weekend for the uh, for the industry. Okay, let's talk about. Uh, we touched about Roma being in movie theaters, AMC theaters, Regal Cinemas, and Cinemark won't play Roma in their best picture showcases. Not entirely surprised. A lot of people are disappointed by that. No, and I do have something to add to this story sure. because this is Netflix. Number one, uh, I support AMC yep. Regal Cinemark. You do. You go there regularly. Doing. I do. I do go there regularly, but I also support the decision. Um, so, but something else really big happened in the news this week, and I think we're going to be the only show to really talk about this. Is that this week uh, the MPAA has decided yep. to uh, Netflix is now an MPAA uh, signatory. They accepted Netflix into the MPAA. What does this mean? Mm. Now, when I first read about this. I got angry because yeah. I was like, MPAA is supporting the downfall of the... <laughs> but then I had to, like, then I stopped. I took a deep breath. I counted back from 10, just like just like in the song, uh, the Liz Fair song says. And I tried to look at it from another angle. What you may not know about the MPAA is they are strongly tied mm. to uh, the National Association of Theater Owners, mm. NATO. They're strong. They really. They're strongly tied to this. The NPAA is always at CinemaCon. They yep. always kick it off. So it made me think that maybe, maybe there had been discussion for the inclusion of Netflix into the NPAA, and it gives Netflix too yeah. an advantage now going overseas because the NPAA is worldwide. But yep. also, maybe there had to have been discussion. Maybe Netflix. My hope is they're not going to try to be the disruptor. Mm. Maybe they actually want to be part of the team. Part of want to be part and included. Mm. After they saw what Roma is capable of doing, yeah. right? And they can do this. Maybe now they could see we might have left some as much money as we have. We might have left some money on the table theatrically for yeah. Roma. And maybe if we play nicey-nice, it'll be interesting to see. So this inclusion of the NPAA, right now anyways, that I look at it from this perspective, maybe it's not a bad thing. Mm. Maybe this means that Netflix will take the theatrical distribution of movies a little bit more seriously. And who knows? Because Sony has already bowed out of CinemaCon. Maybe Netflix will come up. To make nicey nice with the exhibitors, mm-hmm. they may have a show at CinemaCon. Yeah. So, this is what I'm going to hope for. Well, they, they keep producing movies. I mean, Netflix yep. is a movie as more well and as more TV. And more. So, it, it, I, I am encouraged as well as that maybe Netflix will become. You know, they will release movies in the theaters yeah. for the the time that they're supposed to be released in the theaters, and then they'll be on Netflix. It'll so help them put more money back in the piggy bank. I mean, if as well. Bird Box was in the theaters, <laughs> I think you know that would have. It could have, yeah. maybe. But I'm just since with, with what has happened with Roma, I think that now is the time. 
You can play nice, you know, nice. Don't be the disruptor. Be the partner. Yeah. So it's MPA. Yay! <laughs> we'll see. Okay, we, we're running out of time. Uh, the Lost Boys TV show is in the works at CW. All for it. No. no if, if you want to see really? some terrible movies, do check out the uh, the two Lost Boys sequels. So, oh, tell, oh, telling yeah. a friend of mine uh, about them, uh, who I went to college with, he had no idea they existed. I asked him to watch them. Yeah, we're not talking now. <laughs> no, we're no, 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 it's fine. They're, they're, the they're, so, they're, they're really pretty bad, but they're so bad. They're like, oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. God. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. God um, had nothing to do with it. No, them. absolutely. And Hulu cutting the price. Netflix apparently could lose 20% of users due to the price hikes. Mm. I think, I mean, if there is a drop-off, I think initially there's going to be a drop, and then people are going to go, I need my Netflix, but and they're going to be... Hulu, Hulu is raising and cutting. I, uh, I raising was, and cutting, yeah. They're yeah, cutting the, their basic price with the one with ads, and they're raising the other one. Without ads, yeah. right. But I think a lot of people, I think, will, will quite happily suffer the odd ads, yes. uh, which is important. I don't. Uh, and also this week... Uh, <laughs> really? I don't Interesting. like ads. And Movie Pass is back from the dead. Uh, <laughs> it's revising its unlimited plan in its last-ditch effort to bring back subscribers. I don't know. I just... I, you know, I think it's, it's, that ship away. has sailed. <laughs> yeah. And, it's a and good look, idea. It, it's, yeah. too, it, it, it's a little too late. As a it person who worked for them for a year prior to Mitch Lowe taking over, yeah. um, you know... They they've done too much damage to themselves and to the into the industry. And from what I understand, this gentleman, not Mitch Lowe, it's this other person who has gone out and he said he's been speaking to exhibition. Look, dude, AMC has come up with a subscription price that's done relatively mm-hmm. successful for them. Cinemark claims that their subscription plan is very successful. Uh Regal has to be right around the corner in, in offering something to its customers. You had an opportunity. You pissed all over yep. exhibition to do it. Yep. And, you know, yeah. it's, so I don't know. People are just going with their chains and yeah. Yeah. doing it that I think way. That, I think that, 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 the, the, the gleam has gone off that. Yes. Okay, two movies coming out this week. Very briefly, uh, they've got Serenity, not linked to the TV show, uh, and The Kid Who Would Be King. Uh, I haven't seen either of these. Uh, I have. Serenity, yeah. because life is too short, and The King Who Would Be King, because <laughs> I wasn't invited. Uh, so, Kit, you've seen both of these. Tell me, Serenity, first of all. It's not getting great reviews. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know what. Did it they ha- use "Oh my god" on the poster? Yes, Serenity sure. now. No, but Matthew McConaughey does. Matthew McConaughey does do this in the movie. Oh, like that. Just, just yells to the heavens. Does he shoot a gun off? No, in just yell, no, oh. he holds his hands up. But oh. if, that, if that was Nick Cage, we'd accept it. <laughs> but it's not Nick Cage. It's Matthew McConaughey. Uh, so it's 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 has very lofty intentions, which yeah. it doesn't fulfill on any of them, and it's it's a shame because I think the idea of it could have been kind of cool but there's a big twist and i'm not going to give it away but uh it's not not what it's being marketed as so it's um, not the joss whedon movie for a fire it's not no. uh, the, the, the kids who would be king i actually really liked okay. that um you know i was talking about how the king arthur movies there's been so many you know the robin hood movies it's like give it up already let's just but this is the kind of movie that reinvents it you know it's okay. a refreshing look at it because it's a modern day take on 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 the Arthurian legend and it's the best part about it is a really good message in this movie because it's a real family friendly like amblin goonies you know the old disney live action movies right. it's that kind of a feel to it but there's this message about kids being able to be empowered to be leaders no matter if they pull a sword out of a stone or anything 
amazing. They can be they can be game changers. They can lead the world to a better place. Kind yes. of thing. And, and Patrick Stewart is Merlin. He is Merlin. Yes, and he actually it's it's he goes in and out. There's this young guy who plays a young Merlin. He was fantastic. And then Re- Rebecca Ferguson plays Morgana. I could have used more Morgana in it, but other than that, I thought it was a lot of fun. More Morgana. <laughs> more Morgana. More Morgana. That should be on the. And end. that is it. We run out of time, uh, guys. Thank you so much, uh, Kit. Thank you for standing in uh, yeah. for Scott. Who's in Always. Uh, are we going to have someone else to fill in for Scott next week because he is going to be still in Sundance uh, he is going to be calling in and giving us his uh, report from the festival though which is great uh, Dimitri who are you and where can we find you keep this quick uh, Dimitri Panos here at Meet the Movie Press and Popcorn Talks Anatomy of a Movie you can support me on the Twitters at DMovies1701 I still haven't come up with a brand yeah, new better, angel yeah. yeah we gotta do Kit that. Bowen with uh, Screen Picks and you can follow me at the Movie Kit and I'm Simon Thompson at Showbiz Simon on Instagram and Twitter thank you so much if you want to follow the show it's at Meet Movie Press on Twitter. Uh, we will see you next week. Have a great one. Watch some movies. Yay. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of its owners or principals.